Chapter 14, Part 2 of The Nightland by William Hope Hodgson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Nightland. Chapter 14 On the Island, Part 2. Yet this ought to have been surely different a monstrous age gone, when that the earth current did be a power in the lesser a doubt and the humans to be in plenty, and of good and natural health and courage of life. And truly, to mind upon that place, doth alway to set a fresh wonder in me, that mine own did be so lovely and wholesome of spirit, and wise, and in knowledge, and good force of her being. But so it did be with her, and she to have been surely alway that one that did be mine own. And I then to tell mine own maid concerning the lowest field, which did be the country of silence, and was the place of memory unto all the great millions, where did linger and bide the ghosts of an hundred billion griefs, and the drifted thoughts of sorrowful hearts, and there to live a great hollowedness, and a mystery of silence, and an holiness, and a greatness, as that it did be the expressing of all that doth be noble and everlasting, that ever did come out of the heart of man and all the lost dead of eternity so that the spirit of a man did seem to go on great wings unto lovely and splendid resolvings, if that he but to walk lonely a while in that country that surely did be never lonesome unto the spirit. And, lo, the maid did be all hushed as I did speak, and did look downward unto me with her eyes very bright and lovely with the thinkings and tears that did stir within her and sudden she to ask whether that I did make my resolve to my journey whilst that I walked in that place, and she to look very intent and beautiful upon me as she did question. And, indeed, I saw that she to mean a lovely praise unto me, as you to perceive, and truly I did feel a little strange, as that I did be both glad and shy in the same moment. And she then to ease me of any answer for she gat upward upon her knees, and she put her two hands to the sides of my face, and bid me to look into her eyes, and to know that she loved me with her soul and with all that did make her to be. And afterward she kissed me very gentle upon the forehead, and did be then hushed a while, as that she to be in thought. Yet oft she did look downward at me, and did have a beauty of love and honour within her eyes, so that they all way to shine, as she did look at me. And presently the maid did sit again beside me, and slipped her two hands into the one of mine, as did be ever my desire, and she to love that she give me this delight, and likewise she to have joy to herself in this lovingness. And we then again to have talk, and I did tell mine own somewhat of the history of the olden world and she did have dim memories, as in dreams, of the days of light, yet scarce that she could believe it of truth. But she to have knowledge of the olden love-days within her spirit, and to mind that there did be alway, as did be, a lovely and golden light upon the world, but she not to know truly whether this to be but the holy glamour-light that memory doth set about a past loveliness, and to have no remembering of the sun. But yet, to be made ready by her memories unto believing. And I to know of certainty, but yet even I that do tell this my tale, did but perceive the days of the light as in a far and vague dream, 
and to remember it but in the chief by the glory of lost sunsets that had cast an holiness upon my heart, and of the hush of dawns that had made ready my spirit in the gone ages to look quietly unto my death. And surely you to go with me in all this thing, and to have felt within your own spirit that uplifted wonder that doth shake the soul with the lost beginning and with the unknown end, when that you have looked through the sorrow of the sunset and stood silent before the quiet voice that doth make promise in the dawn. But in verity we that had near lost our memory of the surety of these great wonders did have memory of love and this to be the most beautiful unto my heart. For it but to show the more how that love doth live for ever, and doth make an holiness in all places, and doth give companionship and satisfying, so that to have love is to have all, and to have escaped this wonder is to have missed to have lived. And I to find then that my known did have no knowledge of the way that the world did be in that future age, and did lack to know that there abode mightily above us in the everlasting night the dead starkness of the world, where did be, mayhap two hundred great miles above us, snow and the eternal desolation of a lost world, that did be once the lovely world of the olden days, which did be now given over unto night and silence. And mayhap there did wander upward there memory, and did go companioned by grief, but indeed I to delight to think that hope and love did build houses of joy about the dead, and there to be no true death, but only the dying of days. Yet surely this doth be sorrow enough unto the heart and the soul, if that they did be days when love did make a mystery of light about the spirit, and the beloved to have been anigh to make ever a sweet wonder unto the heart. But I to cease from these thoughts, for we to face our life brave and wise, and to take both the sorrow and the joy into our developing, and to hold up the face with courage when that grief doth come anigh, and to see that we grow not to bitterness, but unto sweet wholesomeness. And there to be joy again, and we then the better able to have that delight into our hearts, for how shall joy ever to come truly again to that heart which bitterness hath made a place for the abode of sorrow? And truly I to cease from these thinkings also, for my story to wait upon me, and these things that I do say do be plain unto you, and to have no need to the telling. And so did I tell mine own maid of the things that I did learn from the little metal book, and she to be in a constant wonder and delight and with an awe and newness upon her. And sudden there did some olden memory stir within her, for she asked me in one instant whether that I did remember when that the cities did move alway unto the westward. But truly I had no remembering of this thing, and did look at her a while, with somewhat of a trouble upon me, for that there should be aught lacking in my memory of those times that we did be together upon this world, was a fear unto me and a vague sorrow alway, if that I did but to let my thought go that way. Though, indeed, I did ever strive to wiseness, and did have knowledge that there doth be in heart-wearing and despair and needless trouble in vain regrets, but yet these to be natural unto the spirit, if that you to know love and to be but the complement of the love-joy, and mayhap to have a use unto the sweetening of the spirit, 
if that they be not let to override the reason. And whilst that I did look unto mine own, that she helped me to remember, she did strive with her memory. But in the end did fail to come to aught of clearness, save that she did see, as in a far dream, yet very plain, a great metal roadway, set in two lines that went forever unto the setting sun. And she then sudden to say that she did see in her memory the sun, and she to have a strange and troubled amazement upon her. And there did be cities upon the great road, and the houses did be strange-seeming, and did move forward eternally and at a constant speed, and behind them the night did march forever. And they to have an even pace with the sun, that they live ever in the light, and so to escape the night which pursued forever, as she did tell, and a dread and terrible chill that did live in the night. And there did be cities far forward in the morning sunshine, that did have gone before at speed, and set the husbandry of the world, and be finished and gone forever again, ere that certain of the latter cities did come to that place to the reaping, and the night to come presently to that place. But this not be for some part of a year after that the crops were taken. But how long this might be, she not to remember. And all this the maid did say to me, as out of a strange dream, and I to have set it down, and to have made it so clear to you, as she to have told it. And surely it doth be plain, then, that she to speak of a time when that the day did be grown to a monstrous length, because that the world did turn but slow and weary. And it to be a sureness, as you shall perceive, that but to stand still in that age of which Nani told, was to be left presently in an utter night and chill, that should last, mayhap, a great and weary year. And in verity it does seem that all humanity did travel forever in that strange age, when that to stay was to die unprepared in the bitter night, and to go forward was to be forever in the sun. And truly this doth be so strange-seeming to me as to you. And much I question the maid, and did have an hurt within my heart, and a pain of jealousy and sadness to grow in me, for surely she did speak of some life that she did live, when that I did be elsewhere, either in life or unknowing. And in verity, what man then should have taught mine own to love him? and she then mayhap to have had no remembering of me. And truly I questioned very desperate, and the more so because that I was yet weak and lacking my strength to be composed. But she neither to remember me nor any other man of that time, and to have no memories save these bare things that she to have spoken out so strange, and which did come sudden unto her out of all the deepness of the years and the lost sorrows and joys and wonders of that which doth make a world of humans. And surely my questionings brought a distress upon mine own, both because that she did be troubled by the way that my love did bring me to this strange anguish, and because that she also to have pain, and a sudden fear that there did be ever a time when she not to have known me, or to have permitted the arms of another. And she did then strive that she be both wise and strong, and to give help unto me, and to take reason unto her own easing. And truly, she to show how that she did be all unknowing of any love in that far backward time, 
but to be possible in reason that she to have gone to another, in natural course, the while that her heart did yearn alway in vague trouble unto her own, that her spirit did mayhap never to have forgotten. And truly this doth be the way of life, and a bitter thing and a sorrow to joyous love to think upon. Yet I here to be set to the telling of truth, and to have heed to all that reason doth show to be. But mine own did also have us both to remember that there did be equal right to think that she had died mine own maid in that life, for that it did be not out of reason to think that she had been void-hearted unto all men, because that she had known in her spirit that she did once to meet her own, and did be thereafter untuned unto all other men that ever did live. And this all to be in a mist, and we to go vainly. And of her will she did think that no man did ever to have possessed her, save I, yet this to be mayhaps only the prompting of her love, and she then to kiss me, and to say that there did be no surety in aught, but only that we did have been together before, and have borne a love so great, that it did live through eternity, and we to be now together, and maybe all else to be but dreams. And truly I did have a fierce hope that this be so, and the maid likewise so to hope, yet to be less bitter with rebellion than I, though in pain upon the thought. For she did be so utter and dreadful glad and in happy thankfulness that we did be now come together again in the end and did mean that she conquer all that should be like to set a grayness upon our joy, and to be steadfast unto this end. And I afterward to be likewise in wisdom, when that I was come the more to strength, and to mind that I suffer vainly for that which did have no surety, as I have shown. And moreover, I did have no power upon the past, either to learn aught or to mend aught, so that I did go the way of an human, and did shake free from these broodings, and strove unto forgetfulness, which in truth doth be both a terror and a mercifulness, as doth chance. And I kissed mine own maid with somewhat more of the years within my love, and she to kiss me very sober and dear, and to desire only for my happiness, and to be utter mine own. Now we then to eat and to drink, and the maid to see me unto comfort in all things, and my bandages all right, and she then to make that she have on her footgear and her hair to be bound. But, indeed, I bid her that she to dare do this thing, when that she to know how I did delight that her little feet be bare to mine eyes, and her hair most lovely upon her shoulders, and she to be very happy that I so to have an utter pleasure in her dear beauties and did sit beside me again, and set her feet very sly, where they did be anigh to my hand. For she to know that she did be mine own, and I to be her master, and she to have joy, that she to have to render her beauty unto me. For she did be that true compliment unto me, that the heart of a man doth ache for eternally. And so presently did end that lovely day of quiet speech and togetherness and the maid did prepare me for my slumber, and she then to lie anigh to me, and her head to rest gentle beside me, so that her pretty face did be near unto my breast upon the right side, and she to give me at the first a loving and sober kiss that did be somewise to set a guard upon her tenderness, and afterward did sleep content and gentle, 
as that she did be in the same moment a child and a woman. And I also to come unto slumbering, yet did know vaguely how that mine own did rise a little upon her elbow, this time and that, and look very loving into my face, that she have assurance of my comfort and well-being. And once I did waken, proper, and looked at her, and she then to kiss me gentle upon mine eyelids, and bid me to sleep, and so did come herself unto her sweet slumber. Now when that I did come to my proper wakening, I to hear the fizzing of the water, and to know that the maid did be risen a good while, and had made her toilets, as I perceived in a moment, when that she came unto me. For her hair did be in a lovely cloud upon her shoulders, all combed and made ready against my waking, and she to have bathed, as I supposed, in some warm pool that did be among the bushes upon the island, and she now to slip her foot-gear that her feet be bare unto me, as I did love, and to stand a moment, and her eyes to twinkle gently. And I looked at her with love and honour in mine eyes, as you shall know, and she to have dancing of sweet pleasure in her heart, that I so to look upon her with holiness and with natural love, and surely the last doth be unnatural if that it do lack the first. But my love did burn upward out of my being, so that the flame of my spirit did light the fires of my heart, and my reason to add coals unto that fire that hath lived for ever, and doth be as that it shall be never quenched. And mine own in a moment did kneel beside me, and truly some ways in her deep intenseness unto me, for our love did make all the world holy, and she to be both uplifted, and as that she must give all the humbleness of her heart unto the greatness of my love. And this she to feel, and her deep and utter love, to make it as that she did be all a passion of humbleness unto me, so that in her soul I did rise in that moment upon the wings of my love, and to see that I did be all the world and all the time and all the place and all that ever she did need unto her. And she put out her arms to me, and her eyes did shine with those tears that do never be shed. And lo, in a moment, she did be upon my heart, and we two to be hushed together in content for our need to be in the other. And truly, where there do be two together with love, there doth be neither lack nor need, but eternal fulfilment. And in verity, this to be my hope for that which doth come afterward that all doth be leading unto so glad a joy as this, and that all pain and grief and all that doth make the shaping of life doth be but a process by which we be eternally perfected from living unto living, unto each fulfilment that doth be but the doorway unto greater fulfilment in the beloved. And presently mine own maid did loose herself gentle from me, and washed me and tended me, and very hushed and tender, and something down-ridded of her dear and lovely eyes. And we then to eat and to drink together, and joy so great and quiet did be upon us, that it did be as that we had gone into an eternity of peace and an utter content. And surely, as the thought did stir in me, it did be of beauty that we did be both of us true unto the other in that life, and I never to have kissed a maid until that I kissed mine own, and she to have been likewise, and to have fended all men from her, because that they did be strangers unto her inwardness, 
and so we two to be so utter together, both in that our spirits did be knit, being each the complement of the other, and because that we had no secret pains of remembered things to set any apartness between our hearts. And in verity I to think back then upon my jealousies that I have told, and to know that my own did never to have given herself lightly to any, neither to have taken lightly and her spirit to have been alway mine through all the everlasting, and mayhap this to be how all people shall come to be in the length of time, only that to us had come the great wonder that we did early meet. Though this also to bring that utter pain, which doth seem to slay, when that once you have known the beloved, and to be parted. And so I to think, and did presently ponder with a great and strange pity, upon they that did not yet have met the Beloved, and they mayhap not to have kept all for the Beloved. But to have been light with that which doth be the treasure, because that love had not come to show them that they did unknowingly squander the strange and holy glory which doth be the possession of they that should come to the Beloved and say, All that is thine have I kept for thee. And the Beloved to know, and to have peace in the remembering. But what doth be the peculiar sorrow of they that have gone over lightly, when that they shall meet the Beloved? For then shall there be a constant and inward regret, as a thorn in the heart, that they not to have observed alway that holy care of all which doth pertain unto love, and they nigh to moan in the spirit, If they had but known, if they had but known! Yet in the end of their pain shall they grow unto all loveliness, if that now they have truly come upon love, and to live with love. For this to be the especial glory of love, that it doth make unto all sweetness and greatness, and doth be a fire burning all littleness, so that did all in this world to have met the Beloved, then did wantonness be dead, and there to grow gladness and charity, dancing in the years and there to be yet one thing upon which mayhap I not to have thought sufficient, for it doth be this, that they who did err, as I have shown, shall be the greater for their pain, and let this be to cheer you, if that you have done foolishly, and thought not upon that day when the Beloved shall come. For pain is but the voice of development or destruction, and truly you to suffer the first, if that love doth work in you but truly the more that you have lacked, the greater shall be your pain, for the more change there doth need be in you. And so would I have you now to think, and to know that the Beloved shall come, and so shall you live in glad care of all your being, that you be able to come unto the Beloved in that day, and to say with beauty and human joy in your heart, even as I have said, and thus shall you miss that bitter pain. But yet truly, you to be like to heed not this, until that love doth come upon you, and I therefore to cease from this vain setting of mine inward reasonings. But truly, when that day be come, as I have told, you to know how that there went alway with me in this mine own story which I tell, the simplicity of truth, and how that I did be minded only that you to know, and thereby that you have gentle wisdom that you lay not up pain for that day. Yet if you do lack to go with me, you to need that developing which shall then come upon you. And so shall you perceive how my thoughts did go to and fro, as I did eat with mine own, 
and so in the last I to find that I did think very serious, and I then to cast from me this pondering, and to have that utter joy which did be upon us, and to seem that it did fill all that strange country of seas. And lo, after we did be done of eating and drinking, which did be but a little time, as you shall think, the maid did ease me to an upward sitting, and had my back very nice to an olden stump which did be light, and she to push unto me. And mine own did sit then beside me, so that mine arm did come most natural about her, and she there to be nestled all gleeful and content, so that my heart did be doubly tender unto her. And I took the abundance of her hair, and set it about my neck and upon my breast, so that it did near to cover me in the upward part. And we both then to laugh, as that we did be two children, because that love did make us so utter young in the heart, and our hands to be hid under the beauty of the maid's hair, and I to have her then, that she explain just how great she did love me. And you that go with me, do know how that this doth be a delight that is never done, neither to be set only into words. And all that day we did be wondrous happy, save once when we saw that there were humped men upon the shore about the flat-topped rock where did be the fight. But what they did there we not to be able to see, only that presently they went away, and indeed seemed to have no thought unto us, neither any knowledge, and so did be gone again into the forests, and we saw no more of them after that time, and afterward we to be lost utter in happiness. Now upon the tenth day I did be so come into health that I to walk a little way to and fore upon the island, and mine own did go with me, and so I to pace a good while, and afterward to rest again. And mine own then to bring mine armour to me, which she had scoured very nice. But truly the armour did be sore, broke, and bent, and did be jagged inward this place and that, with the monstrous strength of the humped men, when that they did strike me with the great sharp stones. And in verity, how I should ever come again to wear this protection, I to be in doubt. Yet truly, it had been a wondrous suit of strength that had kept my life within me, when that I had been so deadly beset. And I to know that it to be yet like to save both our lives, if that we could some way straighten it, and ease the broken jags from wounding me afresh. And I thought a time, and the maid with me, and afterward we got that stump upon which I had lent, and had this to be for an anvil, and we found then smooth stones of different sizes, and these to be for hammers. And we wrought all that day with restings upon the armor, and surely we beat it into a very good shape from the inward, and the broken parts we beat smooth, so that they should not wound and in the end to have mine armour fit to go upon me. And I by now, as you shall think, to be dressed part in my garments, but not all, for there did be yet some of the bandages upon my body, so that for the main I did wear the cloak, that the bandages be easily come at. And all that day did be utter happy, whilst that we worked, for we to be together. And on the morrow, as we do say, which was the eleventh awakening upon the island, the maid and I to talk long and oft, whilst that we yet worked upon the armour, and we to ponder the best way that we continue to our journeying. For indeed I was not come to my strength, yet was I very earnest that we go forward early. But in the same time I did fear, 
lest that we meet with aught of danger, and I to be alack, because that I was yet weak. And presently the maid and I both to think upon the same thing, for she to cry out concerning the raft, and I to have the same word in my mouth. And in verity this to be a great thought, for then should we be able alway to be free of the humped men, and to have frequent rest when that we be weary, and to sleep with an ease in the mind. And indeed, I do hope that the labour of oars should be something less than to go upon the feet. And surely we talked upon this a good while, and afterward we left the armour and went over to the raft, and so to learn whether we should have power to make it something more stable, and that we have some way that we should put a solid matter between our bodies and any monster that should chance to swim under us. And we went then together over all the little island for I did search for some bush that should have a long tendril in plenty and supple, and so to suit for binding. But truly there did be no such bush in all the island, and this to put me in trouble, as you shall suppose. Yet was there a sufficient plenty of small and upright trees, that did seem very good for any purpose of structure. And when we had gone all about the island, and found naught that should bind, the maid to say with a pretty jesting that we should cut her hair, and plait it to be for cords. And surely, even as the words did come from her, they to set me upon the thing that should supply our need. For I stooped sudden to the grass that did grow oft and plenty in this place and that, and was so tall as my thigh, and to my head in the middle of the dumpings where it did sprout. And lo, it was wondrous tough! And the maid to have likewise perceived the thought, almost at that moment, but I to have been the first this time, and so to tease her, for truly we had grown that we did nigh alway to discover all things in the same instant as you may hap to have seen. But I did surely be first this time, and must kiss her, as we do kiss little ones, that they be eased in their dismays and disappointments, and she to see how I did mock her, and she to pretend to weep, and surely how could she even to pretend, when that she did not be able to keep her pretty mouth from searching with laughter unto mine, but must be kissed full and plenty in our constant joyfulness. And we cut then a good armload of the grasses, using the knife, and had those to our camp, for we did be homely now into that place, as you shall think, and the maid then to show me plating, and how that we could work in the grass piece by piece, so that we should plate unto any length that we to need. And all that day we worked, and did be very happy together. But when that we had come to the time of our slumber, the maid had done twice and thrice so much as I. And surely she came over to me, and kissed me very grave, that I should be not to fret, even as I did kiss her with gentle mocking concerning the thought about the grass, and so did she make level with me by this impudence and quaint sweetness. And on the next day, which did be the twelfth, I took the discos, and on that day I cut down six of the trees, and alway the maid did bring her plating that she be near me. And when I had cut the six trees, she had me to cease, lest that I risk to open any wound, and truly they to have healed very wonderful. And afterward we to plate all that day, and did also finish the armour, and did be content and utter happy. And on the thirteenth day I counted the tablets, and found that we yet to have sufficient, if that we came unto the mighty pyramid within any reasonable time. 
but I insist that I should eat no more now than did be my usual way, and though my known did beg and to coax me, and even to try whether that a naughty and loving anger should do aught to shift me, I not to alter from my deciding, which was based upon my reason and upon my intention that my known should never to go in hunger danger whilst that there did be life in my body. And when that the maid did show this dear and pretty anger, I to take her into mine arms, and to tell her how I did reverence and love her, and that she did be all beauty unto me, and I but to love her the more, because that I did know the reason for her dear shaping of anger unto me. And she then to kiss me, and yet to beg again that I have her way in this thing, but presently I did show her that my reasoning was sound in this matter, though I said not that my strongest thought did be unto her own needs and she to have to agree with me in her brain, even whilst that her heart did ache to feed me, and truly I to love her but the more, as you shall think. And this way shall you ever to manage a dear and sensible woman that doth both love you and hath reason in her. For the wise man and he that hath an heart unto bigness doth be never hasty to command. But, indeed, I speak not now of the way that you shall go with a woman that hath the love-foolishness upon her, for this to be a different matter, as you do know. And a woman then to require a double wit and tenderness in the governing, but also to need to be commanded, mayhap with sternness, yet with the more love. Now when that we wakened on our fourteenth day upon the island, we got to work, so soon as we had washed and eat and drunk, and my known to see how my scars did go. And I cut seven more trees that day, which made thirteen in all, and afterward I trimmed the trees very nice. And when this was done, I cut twelve good sapling-trees, and two more very thin, that I did mean to be for paddling the raft upon the water. And my known maid did sit near me alway, and never to be ceased from her plating. And whilst that the maid did plate, and make gentle and happy talk with me, I presently to sit beside her, and had her belt-knife to my need. And therewith, when I had cut bark from a tree, I made a foot-long cross-piece of wood which I did fasten with pegs and some lashing unto the end of one of the paddle-shafts. And I took then a piece of the bark, so big mayhap as would cover my thigh, and shaped broad one end and thence to a point, and when I had made holes in the piece of bark, I lashed the broad end to the cross-piece, and the end that did be narrowed I lashed secure to the shaft, and likewise made holes down the length of the bark, and lashed it also thereby to the shaft, and this wise I had a pretty good paddle, that did be about ten feet long in the clear shaft, and the head to be somewise two feet more mayhap. And when this was done I shaped the handle so small as might come into the grasp of the maid and did jest her very loving and gentle, that she give me so great a work, because that she have her hands so little. And truly she presently to stop me of my mocking, for she put her pretty hands upon my mouth, and I then to have to mumble and to laugh, and so she to go forward again with the plating. And when I had made the one paddle, I made also the other, but something more rough and heavy, and suited unto my strength, and so did be very well pleased for they did be made more of my reason than of memory, yet had I used somewhat of the kind upon the quiet lakes which did be in the country of silence. 
and we then to join in the plating, and thus with happy talk and our times of eating, until that we did be come again to our slumber. And on the fifteenth day, when that we had gotten up and washed and eat and drank, the maid did look unto my bandages, and did consider that I be healed very good, if but that I not to overstrain my body. And we then to dance, half in play and half in victory, but gentle and afterward she to come with me, that she give me aid that we get the trees unto the water. And in six hours we rolled the trees down to the shore, and did begin then that I lashed the saplings across the trees, and this wise to hold them secure into a raft. And the midmost tree I put something more forward than the next, and so until that which did be the front was shaped somewise like to the bow of a ship and the saplings to hold the trees this wise, when that I had set the lashings about every sapling and every tree where the saplings did go across. And all that day I worked pretty constant and steady, until that my own had me to cease a while, lest that I bend over much, and so to put strain upon my scars. And I to be reasonable, but yet to go forward again with the work, only that I did rest now, this time and that, and so did all to prosper and on the morrow, which did be the sixteenth day upon the island, I made an end of lashing the saplings across the raft. And I set up also two rests for the paddles, so that we might row if we stood upon the raft, and afterward, being ready, we got together our gear and set all upon the raft. And I put the pole that the mate had used also upon the raft, and loosed the straps from the first raft, and had the straps for our requirement as heretofore and mine armour we made safe on the raft, but the discos I had to my hip as ever, and so did we be ready to leave that little island of refuge where we had been so near to sorrow, but yet had come utterly upon joy. And surely mine own did take me by the arm, and she to stand a little, and to look with me unto that bed of soft herbage where she had laid me, when that I did be so nigh unto death and she then to kiss me very sweet and loving and gentle, and all a-tremble with the tears and love that did stir in her, and I to set mine arms about her in love, and so we to turn and to put off then in the raft. End of chapter 14, part 2